0: I'm not taking sides, merely digging uh, a little beneath the official narrative to realize this conflict is going to escalate.
1: They now have to keep printing or we crash. We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live from the Vault. Welcome to Live from the Vault. My name is Shane Moran and I'll be your host for this episode and from the entire Live from the Vault team worldwide. Thank you for your continued support. And as you can imagine, the community keeps growing more and more every single week. And there's a lot to talk about during these historic times. And Andrew McGuire is in the house and we'll be talking gold. This is going to be another amazing episode. So fasten your seatbelts. You know, Live from the Vault gives you access to information that you just can't get anywhere else. And this episode is going to be no exception. And just before we get to Talking Gold with Andrew McGuire, you know, we want to hear from you, our Live from the Vault community on who you would love to see as a guest on this show. And so to have your say, simply click the link below in the description and head over to our Twitter and reply to the tweet by tagging your dream Live from the Vault guest and we'll be keeping a close eye on the results. And with that, hey, let's head over To the UK and talking gold with Andrew Maguire. Now, Andrew, can we start off uh, this week's episode by uh, picking up the thread that we left off on last market update about two weeks ago?
0: Yeah, great to see you, Shane. And uh, yeah, let's get on. We've got tons to get through. So, uh, since our last episode, that's as you say, two weeks ago, I can't believe it. Uh, The official war on gold that we've been highlighting since very early March really stepped up this week into this really symbolic G7 Russia gold sanctions which were implemented on Monday. Now an an LBMA de facto ban on Russian refineries has been in place since the 7th of March so this is little more than really window dressing but this is actually going to have a much larger influence on the paper markets as there was some bleed from Swiss refineries continuing to do business with Russian trading houses. And at the margin, them being cut off or under the spotlight uh, will tighten physical supply underpinning the already tiny fraction of physical underpinning the wall of officially sanctioned paper gold selling. Now look, we're gonna look at this closer in a minute, but let's take a minute to look at the paper market data. Uh, Look, just taking a snapshot, today's the Wednesday, the 29th. It's just coming into the end of the quarter tomorrow. Um, And notably, over the last four weeks, Comex depositories have evidenced some 70 tons of outflows. And the directly exchangeable GLD iShares ETF flywheel evidenced 20 more tons of paper gold credit. I mean, really, that's all it is, paper gold credit squaring outflows. Now, while SLV, the the silver ETF, has recorded some 500 tonnes of paper silver credit squaring, and I don't want to talk about, it's not bullion, this is is purely uh, silver credit being squared, uh, with both categories really evidencing house insiders offloading undeliverable uh, uh, credit on to the specs and that's the important point. And they're readying to ring the register on these very low hanging short bets. So they could begin to attend to physical delivery obligations, really resulting from very deep COMEX to spot price backwardations. So we talked about backwardations and that's when you see the cash market trading at a bigger premium to the global futures markets. Now, Now, what we reported in our last market update episode was this arbitrable disconnect resulted from a wall of paper, gold, and silver sales being capitalized on in the underpriced, tight-for-supply physical markets. Tight-for-supply at current prices, that is. It didn't have to be tight-for-supply. And if the price was real, then, of course, there'd be a supply-demand balance. Now, the, I have to say, extremely large Indian gold buying that we've been reporting over the last few episodes now is now beginning to be acknowledged by the mainstream media, not to the extent that we've witnessed it this last two weeks, though. Our direct relationships with the number one Indian wholesaler indicates that we will get confirmation of this end of quarter demand, uh, the scale of which, has not been seen since gold was priced at about 1,450 bucks. And that was back in March 2020, believe it or not. Now, at the margin of this paper to physical balance, this, this is a massive deal. The official Comex-centric capping of the rising gold futures, at, um, at the 200-day moving average is roughly around 1845. So we've seen that technically capped. And that's been where the sellings come from. It's nothing to do with the physical market at all. But that's been stealthily capitalized on by this number one uh, Indian trading house, taking full advantage of the wall of officially sanctioned and they are weaponized anti-Russia paper gold selling uh, moves. Now, we've evidenced these unmistakable buying footprints at both The AM fix, which tends to be really where the Indians come in and buying, but also the PM fixes, where siloed comex centric specs are really blinkered to the backwardations and the strong physical market activity. Busy shorting gold and dumping their ETF uh, gold and iShares positions. Now, the market making insiders are ultimately exposed to physical delivery obligations and have been forced to take the long side. Now, we all know what happens when the house holds the cards. And, and we've reached a point where very little leveraged open interest, and we call them chips because, let's face it, that's all they are, remain to be lent to the spec shorts versus the unleveraged physical delivery obligations that come with that. Hence, the relatively shallow dips in gold, despite this wall of paper selling interest. And of course, what we've ended up with, with is a slightly down to sideways market. Now, the physical exchange for futures delivery exposure, which is the link between this COMEX rigging prices and where it lands in a deliverable, potentially deliverable market in London, which is actually Basel III compliant, um, this is why the insiders have been taken the long side of every single spec-induced sell order. These guys will never take delivery or provide uh, bullion for delivery. However, this is what this is is another example of sanction blowbacks that have left officials deep in the hole, and we're going to illustrate that in a couple of minutes. Now, obviously. An integral uh, uh, part of the PSYOPs operation was to attack Silver Futures. However, over the same four-week period when we saw roughly 500 tonnes of SLV outflows, along with warrant shuffling registered to eligible COMEX depository net outflows of 79 tonnes, which again, this is largely laid on the books of wrong-footed speculators – With the House on the long side, this is undoubtedly part of an official directive to square up as much possible as possible of the extremely vulnerable OCC short bets. We'll talk about those in a minute. That's the Office of the Comptroller ones that are listed on the uh, uh, on the um, on the report on the OCC report uh, for June. And they're trying to cover as many as possible before the sharks move in to attack this very attractive nickel-like imbalance in silver. Now, driving such deep, unprecedented backwardations into options expiry this week, and options expired yesterday, BIS options is tomorrow, what it's done is telegraph. This is a race to exit before the bricks basket yanks the silver reins out of the insider's hands. And believe me, it is ready to do so. And as a result silver futures became so divergent from the real market physical supply-demand metrics, it resulted in a massive 7.5 cent July to futures backwardation, i.e., we're just seeing July rolling off the board today, but we saw a 7.5 cent lesser price than the cash market, which really so close to rollover that that should be at par to spot silver. But not only that, as well and this is the important part we've seen an unprecedented backwardation in other words a cash premium to the upcoming september september uh si silver futures contract um and to to us this looks like a final last kick at the can uh stop hunting exercise in absolutely we've seen vapor thin conditions uh really telegraphing what Clearly looks like a capitulation move with insiders aggressively ringing the register on specs. Now, I'm going to expand on Indian gold buying shortly because this is a major event as it also relates to a notable increase in smuggled gold being sucked into India to capitalise on the 30 percent oil for physical trade which is a factor in why we're evidencing such unprecedented strong demand. Now, this is completely unreported, but is sucking out global physical supply much faster than officials ever uh, will, will be able to sustain into paper market selling. And that is increasingly being called for delivery. Now, not that the casino specs are taking the short load. And it's it, 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 sorry, the casino specs, they don't realize that they're taking this short load. Now, very short term. So really, to sum it up um, and picking up this thread, to sum it up, Shane, while spec momentums have been tricked into this embedded sell the rally stance, what makes it dangerous for specs is that they've been doubling down. That is taking leverage short profits from large very closely structured layers of very low hanging short stops which sets to so taking these profits doubling down and adding more shorts which sets up both gold and silver futures for an explosive upside rinse into the third quarter ahead of gold season
1: commencing in September wow well andrew that touches nicely on some subscribers questions that we had here and uh, to sum up for our members your take on the second quarter and also the feedback that you're getting from your own contacts on what we should expect now moving into what you just talked about here this third quarter. Yeah, a great question, Shane. Um, Especially as the counterintuitive paper market action
0: this quarter in gold futures and silver driven futures have been extremely frustrating. However, with the specs holding all the shorts and the house holding all the longs into deeply back-related conditions, into the, this notable uh, India, um, Indian, Russia, China oil for bullion trade, which is on top of what we would normally seasonally see. And, and additionally, with the Bank of International Settlements warning of growing 2008 style bank derivative insolvency risks emerging again. And uh, we just saw that report. I mean, and this is as a result of... Massive derivatives being exempted from Basel III NSFR compliance. But gold NSFRs stand out as the only single asset class that has zero counterparty risk. Now, we're going to be doing an interview with Robert Keats coming up. And um, he's, he's with Gold and Silver Pros. Now, he actually did a really excellent job of digging into the recent uh, Bank of International Settlements report outlining derivative solvency risk. I say, well done, Rob, because, you know, Rob, Rob is, is really credible. He's got a really strong audit background. Uh, but what he does is is nicely distill what is a complex document down admirably. Now, his Precious metal educational work is actually worth following. So I just wanted to put that in and, and give credit to um, some excellent work he's done. And as I say, we're going to be, he's going to be coming up in an upcoming live from the vault, which is um, we're going to be doing it, it, this this week. Now, I guess here, here's the key point I'm trying to make in a world comprising of close to a quadrillion of derivative risk which is toppling on a sinking sand of fiat currencies. So so fiat currencies are collapsing and this derivative risk is trying to find a footing on this fiat currency. So gold being the only asset class that has zero counterparty risk goes a long way to explaining why sovereigns, central banks and the four largest uh, precious metals derivative holders Listed in the OCC report are racing to exit trillions of dollars of increasingly underwater, historically accrued, and capped precious metals derivative, derivative bets into what is a massive unfactored sanction blowback tail risk. They never factored on uh, on this ever happening, and at least we're talking about bets made year ago, two years ago, three years ago, but. But even the option structures tend to be a year, up to a 12 months old. Now, now following uh, the over the counter derivative based nickel blow up, notably, we've been talking about this before. JP Morgan uh, today confirmed what our liquidity providers reported back in March that JP Morgan and Standard Chartered were pulling out of the base metal space, but have as expected. Formally exited providing liquidity of providing any liquidity to the base metals derivative space into the quarter end. So anything beyond this quarter, they're out. Now that speaks volumes, but it's as yet completely unappreciated. Now, however, JP Morgan, it's they still lead the four market making market makers exposed to trillions, trillions of dollars. Of the of the office of the comptroller listed precious metals uh, derivative exposure, which is a public document that you can access, but we're also we're very certain that J P Morgan is also scrambling to seek the return of their leased silver positions. We talked about this before, which which is again being confirmed by our first tier liquidity providers, and, and this uh, really and their silver positions largely sit on the books of the bank of america city and standard chartered now this is an unrealized game changer but very short term into the process of as best as possible laying the silver short load on these chart painted speculators the this explains why silver has been counterintuitively declining into a house Unable to hide that they've been going long against these blinkered momentum driven specs. And we see it time and time again and again today. Long or short, the house always wins. And they're structured to call back in the chips they lent to the speculators while they can. Now, calling in the chips can ultimately only result in short covering and having successfully tricked specs into going short against the four house uh, market makers, specs will be gap closed into where the bets commenced. And that is rinsed of bets into gold around 2000 and silver to around 26, which only just balances the book to sufficiently change the specs stance from a sell the rally bode uh, to buy the dip. So really, I'm not saying this is the be and end all. That's just the point where
1: they, we just get back to uh, a paper market equilibrium. Hey, now, Andrew, uh, that, that's fascinating. Now, from a, a longer-term perspective, uh, you've been doing a lot of work tracking the progress of and the likely structure of the BRICS currency basket. And are there any updates that you can share with our community here about that?
0: Yeah, Shane, and let's step back from this very short-term, synthetic-driven chart chatter that we can see going on here. Uh, And let's take a look at the bigger picture. Uh, And I'll also provide some updates as to what we're hearing regarding the construction and the phasing in of this BRICS currency basket. Now, while the BRICS currency basket comprises of a hell of a lot of components, physical gold is the linchpin of the basket. And, And the attempt by officials to move from weaponizing the dollar to also weaponizing paper gold against physical gold Is extremely ill advised. Yeah, I'm this is this is beyond comprehension. Knee jerk selling paper gold because they have no physical to sell. That's the point. You can't even rehypothecate what they've already rehypothecated. So it's pure paper selling. Clearly, you can tell that by the backwardations. And and as incredulous as this is. It is setting up officials for an even larger backfire than when they tried to turn the ruble into rubble. And this week, evidencing the ruble hitting seven year highs against the euro and the dollar. I mean, only this time they've inadvertently set physical gold up for an even larger arbitrable EFP disconnect and a revaluation larger than we witnessed when EFPs blew up in March 2020. And that was a significant rally. So as was clear as quarter end uh, unfolds, while officials gained a short term advantage by tricking out paper long specs to go short into bid pulling, just really bid pulling, declining the paper price on the other side of this trade, they were there grabbing everything that was sold. And we evidence the extremely large Indian physical uptake, forcing a race to cover delivery obligations directly related to a known very large physical buyer cannot be ignored. This everyone is in the wholesale market is realizing this buyers in the market. So with no physical gold to sell, the net result of officially selling paper gold as part of an ill-advised strategy to devalue Russian physical gold reserves by dumping paper gold onto the market, what it's done is stuck some of the short load onto the Kermit Centric specs, but, It is limited to how much open interest can be created, that's casino chips that can be sold, into an already loaded to the hilt speculator position. Gold credit lending, that's issuing more chips to short sell gold inside the casino, has ultimately resulted in incentivizing physical global offtake, resulting in officials digging an even deeper hole uh, to, to to climb out of a physical hole to climb out of. Now, it's stunning to evidence such an underestimation of how this paper gold sale strategy has reopened a papered over abyss. Not seen since the Bank of England governor, Eddie George, made. I've got this statement here. It's worth reading. But he made this statement back in um, in, in 1999 and he said. And this is so relevant now, quote, we looked into the abyss. If the gold price rose further, a further rise would have taken down one of several trading houses, which may might have taken down all the rest in their wake. Therefore, at any price, at any cost, the central bank had to quell the gold price, manage it. It was very difficult to get the gold price under control, but we've now succeeded The U.S. Fed was very active in getting the gold price down. So was the U.K. End of quote. Well, okay. two things to be taken from that. First of all, it puts to rest anyone who doubts that gold is officially managed, utilising the assistance of market making agent Bullion, uh, uh, Bullion Bank's uh, accounts, who are privileged to have uh, gold accounts with the Bank of England. But here and now, Regardless of the circumstances being different this time, the current call on physical gold following the sanctions amount to the same thing, namely an imbalance in paper gold versus the physical that can be delivered against it. So here in 2022, there is no physical central bank stash to sell, leaving an even larger chasm to bridge. Now, especially as the process of this sino Russia, BRICS-driven gold commodity-backed currency basket that we've been outlining was affirmed by Putin and reported by TASS last Friday, talking about developing the new global currency, and that was you can find that on Gata, Business Insider. Um, that was last Friday. So that brings us kind of on to China
1: and the larger picture, Shane. Well, can you just expand on 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 that now? Uh, you've you've touched uh, quite a few topics here that are massive. I'm in awe just uh, listening to what's what's happening in the background here, uh, in terms of these movements. What is, can, maybe you can just uh, go a little bit further into this uh, this topic here?
0: Okay, Shane, absolutely.
1: And and this is this is this is
0: game changing stuff. I mean, I mean, it's going to change this paper to, to to physical balance. This is actually a well, it's manna from heaven. And obviously, look, I'm not taking sides here. Uh, obviously, we've realized the sanctions, why they were imposed, et cetera. It's just the nature of how they were imposed and, and um, that's really backfiring. And so I'm gonna give you some updates as what we're hearing of the phasing in of this resulting drive to create this BRICS currency basket. So in our last episode, we looked closer at a reliably sourced makeup of this basket and we'll report more on this over the next few weeks but notably uh the notable the, the the total under the radar uh of this is completely under the radar of the specs dry, trading in the comex the dot on the screen in the comex is how the tiny ring fence silver market component of the commodity basket reacts to a real physical demand explosion so Silver, even though it's a smaller market, becomes a beach ball effect factor due to just how fundamentally undervalued it is and how the physical price being discovered outside the LBMA CME ring fence is going to blow this linked um, position that is transparent on the office of the controller position that links directly to the SLV. And that, that is a scam. It's going to blow that scam wide wide open and while the likes of JP Morgan and the other market making banks raced to exit providing liquidity uh, to these base metal space uh, the over-the-counter because of the over-the-counter nickel explosion nearly caused a default if they hadn't been bailed out that would have caused a, a default of a too big to fail bank now we've got reliable 1st tier feedback that J.P. Morgan are also racing to call in their leverage silver leases, which is what we just discussed a minute ago. It is, it is the double down Comex specs that are headed for the ridiculous experience. So, and J.P. Morgan, of course, is going to slip out like a bar of soap, uh, and 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 really, that's why they're scrambling to get their silver back. Now, this week. We'll expand a little more on this as timelines for a physical pushback against paper prices really look to be ramping up exponentially. And the over-the-counter derivative structure currently enveloping um, all recently d- d- driven upside price breakouts in gold and silver is very close to impl- imploding and going nickel. And this brings us on to the China factor. Uh, the, the building friction over Taiwan notably escalated following China issuing the US a red line not to cross. We kind of touched on this last time, but the serious warning follows on the heel of the US ignoring Russia's red line warning regarding the NATO expansion into the Russian borders, which given the unfolding footprints in retrospect was by design a long-planned US proxy war against Russia safely contained inside the siloed uh, U.S.-Ukraine regime. Now, just to be clear, please, I have to say this, I'm not taking sides, merely digging uh, a little beneath the official narrative to realize this conflict is going to escalate, conveniently dragging Europe down to the advantage of the U.S. and how this this affects gold supply and demand fundamentals. That's really what we're looking at. And it just cannot be ignored that the ill-conceived Russian-sanctioned blowbacks are having a 10 times larger impact on Europe. And if Russian sanctions are not wound back, which is not likely, it virtually assures a European recession. This inequitable blowback is so blatant that one must question if it is not convenient, uh, not a convenient part of the US plan to weaken the globally competing Eurozone. They The Eurozone was always a, a thorn in the side of the US dollar. So nevertheless, you no know, this be that as it may, this recessionary tail will feed back into the U.S. at the very point when the Fed has lost control. China will clearly factor in these vulnerabilities into their decision-making process, but one thing is clear: the resulting U.S. dollar hegemony blowbacks were not anticipated at all by the West. And while a proxy war against China following an incursion into Taiwan is currently off the table and the U.S. military complex knows, uh, ignoring China's red line, risks a third world war, we see China acting proactively. And if there was a window for China to pull the trigger on Taiwan, it will be while a weakened U.S. is at its most vulnerable, possibly, as we said, before the midterms, which could ultimately flip the pendulum into a military Uh, military aggressive Republican Trump regime. So obviously at this point here, um, they're dealing with, uh, you know, the exit from Afghanistan. They're dealing with a spread, uh, a very, uh, a very woke US military. Uh, You know, a Trump regime may, uh, or a Republican regime may not uh, be as as easy to, uh, to to actually uh, counter. So, Really, I'm just thinking, giving you the process. This is what we, when we speak to our liquidity providers, these are very, very well-connected people who are saying, this is the kind of the thoughts that we're, they're picking up on. And while Comex-centric traders are completely blinkered to this the escalating geopolitics, this has become a major driver for sovereigns and central banks to purchase physical gold. China is anticipating being sanctioned, And the first step is to ready for an upcoming conflict is for China to ramp up their already active de-dollarizing process and accelerate the establishment of this BRICS currency basket. And if that was not enough, the single mainstream media narrative continues to ignore the elephant in the room, which is namely Russia gaining a missile base football in Nicaragua. Enabling Russian missiles from the south to target every city in the U.S., which we've assessed last time, seriously
1: ramps up the odds of something going very, very wrong. Well, historical times indeed, Andrew. Now, on our last episode, uh, you ran through four main drivers to drive the gold uh, price higher. Can you update us on these uh, four drivers?
0: Yeah, absolutely, Shane. And and while the Indian mine that we've just been outlined is another unfactored bullish at the margin, physical gold driver, coiling gold for a very, very large rally. As you say, in our last episode, we went over the four largest central bank and sovereign gold buying drivers out of the four, which included uh, central bank purchasing repatriations, ballooning global debt, cracks in the U.S. economic drivers and the hegemony saving increase in the gold to foreign debts ratio rebalancing. Our first tier liquidity providers, though, continue to report the biggest short term influence to raise the gold price was really item one on our list, which was central bank buying, repatriations, plain vanilla, um, gold sovereign physical gold buying drives the unleveraged physical price higher, draining fractionally held bullion underpinning this hundred to one paper to physical comex centric driven action I think this is the other part. And we're seeing evidence of this, but we're also seeing this under the table. Repatriations. Move the ability to double count leased out bullion inside the cme LBMA alliance. And we're evidencing both some openly reported, but the bulk such as Russia, China, BRICS currency commoditization ramp up is currently off the radar altogether. So really to sum that up, Having seen how quickly money was weaponized against Russia, China is readying for the inevitable widening of these measures and are ramping up current measures to secure monetary sovereignty alongside Russia by formalizing the BRICS country market. Now, Russian and Chinese markets, um, we're looking closer at these, these Russian and Chinese markets and based on ongoing discussion with a range of very well liquidity providers exposed to them, we're still assessing the likely weighting of the commodities inside this newly determined BRICS basket of currencies. The accelerated deployment of this currency basket is really grossly underestimated. And, you know, gold and silver will be revalued at a faster pace than the ability to unwind the billions of dollars of bearish derivative bets against a higher gold price. And at the margin, threatening the anchor for close to one quadrillion of derivatives and the collapse of the largest ETF, which is GLD. And we know that's not Basel III compliant. So very short term, looking at the wholesale to physical market, we continue to evidence steady safe haven physical demand from India and Asia, which has up to now become a sell pivot for specs at every pit open. Every pit open, there's been a sell, another sell. We've seen another sell today, right there on the chart, bang every single time, regardless of the strong physical buying in Asia. But as evidenced at the end of quarters, as this end of quarter selling has progressed, with specs selling open interest running really thin, the house has been much quicker to take the long side overrunning the automated pit sellers mindlessly correlated to a rising dollar index and and, uh, bond yields. Now, The BRICS currency basket is unstoppable. And while the official narrative is notably absent, at the margin, populating this basket with real physical gold and silver would undoubtedly force a price reset. Now, our first tier liquidity providers are positioning for this. However, officials are, are as wrong footed as when they tried, as I say, to turn the ruble into rubble. This is this is a major, major sort of inflection point. Um, so the disconnect between the U.S.-centric, officially psyop bearish paper gold sentiment into opposing strong, unleveraged central bank and sovereign physical demand is compressing, underpriced, tight for supply, gold and silver for a gap close uh, upside move. And this is evident by the naked, short, undeliverable synthetic spec positioning that described full on despite this full on momentum into the end of the, this chart painted quarter has begun to run out of available open interest as offsetting actionable backwardations limit the amount uh, to, to, to the amount the ability to strike fresh market lows yes they keep trying and they have tried it again today but there is the, the insiders are forced to come and cover them the, the, the cover themselves off from the resulting delivery obligations. You can see that through the backwardations. Please, I'm just trying to draw attention to this. And this open interest structure is proportionately akin to when the spec short positioning into the browns bottom that we just talked about, where uh, Eddie George made made this statement. Um, Gold was at 265 bucks then. Obviously the circumstances are somewhat different, but in fact, these are much more bullish circumstances. The physical market underpinning the LBMA CME paper market credit book is rapidly migrated into the Sino-Russia bullion trading alliance. Regardless of sanctions, every single oil or physical gold trader we deal with has kin- continued to stealthily transact with Russia, which most recently forced the Swiss refiners to admit They've done some continued uh, activity with the, with the state-owned banks. But as we've just assessed, this likely now is shut down. So the mar- at the margin, what that does is create another blowback. It tightens up supply, underpinning the COMEX. So be careful what you ask for. And as we've just ascertained, ascertained India has majorly capitalized on the 30% oil for gold and ruble physical discount, driving additional demand for tons more physical gold, much of it smuggled and off the radar. Now, obviously we've reported this before and the World Gold Council already estimate many years now that some 30 tons of smuggled gold come into India every month through the borders, leaky borders. Smuggled gold is always off the radar but there is a new market for it, tightening up global supply. All this fresh demand appearing just as pent up, times two, post-COVID Indian wedding season, also sees wholesalers capitalizing on a cheap paper-driven gold price. Let's not forget that with COVID, had really eliminated Indian wedding season in the previous year. So it's double, double what it was. None of this is factored in when attempting to weaponize gold. It is another reason this weaponizing is going to backfire. And as we've previously assessed, while these oil for gold energy physical uh, inflows significantly bolter the, bolster the Russian war chest, the bulk of these large tonnage inflows divert directly to China, which in turn pays for this physical in rubles. And behind the wall of Comex-centric paper market smokescreen, both China and Russia are aggressively building gold reserves to back the BRICS currency basket. That's the summation of it. Weaponized Western sanctions related to Russia continue to backfire against the West. And also, as we've just discussed, China is readying against similar sanctions coming into the crosshairs related to an inevitable red line being crossed by the US over Taiwan. Look at what they're doing right now. This is This is really scary stuff. Now, the long game, though, it's not a brainer, it's just a no brainer. Anyone with a time horizon longer than a daily range is building gold and silver positions and taking advantage of extremely attractive current dilutive prices. That's what the Indians are doing, that's what the central banks are doing, sovereigns are doing, insiders are doing. Very short term, the casino insiders are positioning to keep this 95% win ratio intact ahead of the inevitable industry-wide cash settlement. The only question I have
1: is how much physical do you own? All right. Thank you, Andrew Maguire, talking gold. And remember to our Live from the Vault community, buy physical and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper and gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. And there you have it. That's all we have for you today on another fascinating episode, I think a historical episode also of Live from the Vault. Please help us spread the word about this channel by hitting that like button, share it with your friends, family members, and also don't forget to subscribe. And you can also click on that bell right there if you'd like to be notified as each episode goes live. And don't forget, we want to hear from you, our Live from the Vault community on who you'd like to see as a special guest on this show So have your say. Just simply click on the link below. We'll leave it there in the description and head over to our Twitter and just reply by tagging your dream live from the vault guest and we'll be keeping the eye on the results. And with that, we'll see you next time on live from the vault. See you then.